The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. We've been doing this podcast for a while now. Oh, yes, we have. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we're on season eight right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is a very long time. A long time to be plugging away at this and to still not be famous, honestly. <laughs> it's true. We, we really aren't very famous. <laughs> well, I want to change that, okay? And I'm guessing you found a book that promises to help us achieve fame, haven't you? Of course, because I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is By the Book. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. And for this, our eighth season, we are living exclusively by self-help guides that are written by celebrities. And today, we are tackling a book by two very famous people who are loved as much as they are hated, or perhaps hated even more than they're loved, but we all know them. We are living by How to Be Famous by Heidi Montag and Spencer Pratt. Heidi Montag and Spencer Pratt are reality stars who rose to recognition while starring on the hit MTV reality show The Hills in 2006. The couple was known for being the people we love to hate, causing all the drama on the show, creating rifts in friendships, and even threatening to release sex tapes starring one of their castmates. When the couple got married in 2009, they were at the peak of their fame. According to USA Today, they were the third most popular couple in the country, coming in behind the Obamas and Brad and Angelina. 
Since their rise to prominence on the hills, Montague and Pratt have appeared on numerous reality TV shows like I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Celebrity Big Brother UK, Wife Swap, and Marriage Boot Camp. As of 2019, the couple is back on TV in the MTV Hills reboot, The Hills, New Beginnings. Along with their many TV appearances, the two also wrote a book together called How to Be Famous, Our Guide to Looking the Part, Playing the Press, and Becoming a Tabloid Fixture. In How to Be Famous, Montag and Pratt posit that there is a recipe for fame and it can be replicated by anyone. They claim that their rise to fame wasn't an accident and happened because of strategic moves on their part. They also compare their path to fame to the paths of celebrities we all know and love, illustrating all the different ways there are to enter the limelight. The couple breaks down their path to fame into a simple step-by-step guide for the reader to follow in order to garner notoriety, each step giving guidance on topics like ways to start fights with friends to get attention, how to use the press to your advantage, when and how to use your looks, and more. Here's how you do it. Step one, your point of entry. Find an existing group of moderately famous people, look at your chosen group, figure out who's missing, and fill that void. The sidekick to the alpha is usually the best place to start. Just keep in mind that the troublemaker sidekick gets way more attention than the yes-man sidekick. Step two, play the villain. The bad guy may drive people crazy, but he's also the one who drives the drama and gets talked about most in comment threads. So choose a target, but don't let them know right away. Learn their weaknesses, then start a feud. Note, friends make the best future enemies, so don't be afraid to go there. Step three, play the bombshell. Channel your inner Angelina, not your inner Jen. Dress for hotness, not for comfort. Use your nuanced facial expressions to let people know you hate them without saying a word, and cry if you need to in order to elicit sympathy. Step four, pretty on the outside. Be committed to physical perfection because that's what the weeklies care about. Work out constantly and ideally in public where you'll be seen. Get a stylist, prioritize bags and shoes, and never leave the house without your hair and makeup 100% on point. Step five, The paps are your friends. Go to places where the paparazzi always are, like the Ivy in LA, the Mercer in Manhattan, or red carpet events. Wear bright colors and no sunglasses. Stop, smile, be friendly, and once you've established a relationship with the paparazzi, tip them off the next time you're going out. Ideally to places that are linked to holiday coverage or that feed speculation, like a pumpkin patch before Halloween or a wedding jeweler if you're dating. Step six, tell your story. Spill your guts before someone else spills them the wrong way. When someone does you wrong, don't stay quiet about it. Make yourself a sob story. And if you do something reprehensible, spin things so you're the victim, like Brad Pitt did when ditching Jen for Angelina. Remember how he just wanted to be a dad? Ugh, that's a gold star spin. Step seven, couple power. A C-lister plus a C-lister equals a B-lister, so be like Vanessa Manillo and Nick Lachey and elevate your star by being in a couple. Be open about every part of your relationship. Fight in public. Make up in public. Turn your wedding into a cover story. And consider trading up to a more famous partner if need be. Step eight, build your brand. Have a recognizable brand. In Heidi and Spencer's case, it's hot, blonde, and eager to stab you in the back while smiling. 
Once you have that down, diversify what you do with it. Write books, have a fashion line, make TV appearances, take meetings with politicians, and most importantly, be everywhere. Step nine, getting work done is your job. Nobody's born perfect, but if your imperfections make it hard for you to feel confident, consider changing things up with some cosmetic procedures. Blame your nose job on a deviated septum if you like. Avoid Botox unless you're old and be honest about everything else. Doing so will take a weight off your shoulders and garner more publicity. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. All right, Joelenta, this is a book that you have been wanting to live by Mm. for years, and I got to hear about how your first week went living by it. How to be famous. Did it make you famous on day one? Oh my God, I wish it did, but it didn't. (laughs) I was so stoked to live by this book. I've had it since we started this podcast. I love it. We read portions of it at our live shows because it is so ridiculous. And what is so ridiculous about it is how specific it is. So I always have really wondered what would happen if we tried to live by it because usually we like really specific books. So we're finally here and I'm pumped. Yes. And how did you start off living by the book then? Well, I started with step one because basically you have to start there. I'm going to say I didn't start with step what one. What the but, fuck? But that's beside the point. We're talking about you right now. What? How could you bypass <laughs> the step that is called point of entry? <laughs> I just did. But but no, no. We, we need to get back to you. It's not about me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I started with step one, which is your point of entry. And I figured this one was kind of easy. I'm I'm a podcaster, right? Like, that's my group. Uh, we used to work in a real office at Stitcher and like rub elbows with the unladylike crew and like Chris Gethard and Bill Nye the Science Guy. Like we're podcasters and, uh, you know, I'm no Joe Rogan, but like I am part of the community. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what role I play in that community. And since Brad, my partner, also ended up in podcasting and is a podcaster in the community, I thought I would ask his thoughts on the matter. What, like, role do you think I play in the podcasting community? Like, what's my angle? Am I, like, the funny friend, the angry friend? I feel like I'm, like, the funny bitch who's always, like, ready to burn it down. (laughs) Yes. yes, Yeah? Yes. I was going to say, I think you're one of the few podcasters who's, like, been around the block and who can, like, be kind of a mentor to people who's not in news. Like, the Mm. only other people I know like that are people that worked at This American Life Forever and people that worked at WNYC and these big news organizations. Right, 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 right. You're a storyteller and comedian. But I've been around the block news-wise and just, like, podcasting industry-wise. Yes. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, been around the block. I like that. You branding yourself? Yeah. Cool. I'm glad. So I came up with my official role in the podcasting community, which is I'm the funny friend who's been around the block and always up for some real talk. Ooh, real talk or real housewives. I was going to say, it does also feel like I was writing my Real Housewives tagline, like what they say at the beginning of the show, like, I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle and cash. But I liked it. I liked defining my role. I like it, too. I like it, too. And what did you do after that? After that, I did step two. 
Step two is playing the villain. Right. And this step feels right to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? Yes. You're such a supportive friend. What do you mean this felt right to you? <laughs> yeah. When I'm your friend, I'm a great friend. But I'm when I'm not, like, I think it's pretty easy for me to read as a villain. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I should be horrified, but I think I do kind of naturally do what the book says when it defines being a villain, almost by accident. Like, I'm never trying to be a villain per se, but I don't mind making waves or shocking people when I speak my mind or call out things that I think are bullshit. So, like, I was feeling it. All right. And what specifically did you do for the step then as a villain? What what did you do? So, as you might recall, in the last book we lived by, the Judge Judy book, I mastered the game and then destroyed it by tweeting angrily about douche bros who prop each other up in the podcasting industry at the expense of women and people of color and people who just like to work ethically in general. But Mm -hmm. this time around, for this step, I decided to get even more laser-focused and more specific about what I was saying online. So I started tweeting about how a producer I know at a prominent show who's basically known for being a creep. I've worked at the same place he has. A lot of people have. All women know he's a creeper. And he was like sort of asked to leave his last job. But he ended up at a prominent show. That show was retracted. An award was taken away from him. And this producer also works on The Daily, that super popular, huge news podcast hosted by Michael Barbaro. Ah, yes. The Daily podcast from The New York Times. And yes, of course, Jolenta, I know the story you speak of. So myself and a few other women who have worked in news and podcasting started tweeting about uh, shitty work practices and who gets to sort of fail up and who doesn't, using this producer as a prominent example. And some of us started asking Michael Barbaro on Twitter why he's okay with this guy working on his show. He even gave this guy the host seat right after his other project was retracted. Like, Like, Michael Barbaro is highlighting this guy, essentially. And when I asked this question... Michael Barbaro immediately blocked me on Twitter. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm familiar with that. He blocked you and lots of other women. Exactly. He started blocking all the ladies who were asking about it. And we started tweeting more and more, especially myself, because what the fuck else am I going to do? Uh, I started a daily tweet campaign, essentially giving Michael Barbaro shit every morning. And then after a few days of that, this happened. Uh, And pardon the robot vacuum running in the background. I was too excited to turn it off when this happened. Hey, look. Uh. Ah! (laughs) I'm unlocked. I was blocked like an hour ago. Michael, you gotta stop. Well, and I literally called him out yesterday being like, this is sexist. Right. You're only blocking women that are calling you out. So crazy. Jolenta, you calling him out for blocking all the women worked. You were stirring some shit up and you you reversed that bad behavior. I think it like struck a nerve, maybe uh, stirred some shit up, got some people thinking about some stuff. And now I do think Michael Barbaro may know I exist. So I think that's a plus. That definitely means you're more famous if he knows who you are. 
And I gained a few hundred Twitter followers during my my little uh, sort of Twitter feud, which I think Spencer and Heidi would count as fame points. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I have to say, which I didn't expect, is I made a lot of cool Twitter friends um, who are sort of in the same boat as me, people who've worked all over the States, in the UK, and, the, and in Canada, who have dealt with this kind of dynamic and are sick of it. So I met like a bunch of badass women in our industry because of this as well. Nice. And that is an added bonus. You made some friends. I don't know if Spencer and Heidi care about making friends. No, but, they do but not. But you did it. And I like that. I, I always like it when friends come out of the deal. I do think Spencer and Heidi would say they aren't here to make friends. <laughs> Because mostly I just wanted to make that reality TV joke. But let's move on, shall we? Yes. What did you do after that? After that, I did a combo of steps three and four. That is play the bombshell and pretty on the outside. And these steps are not coming very easily to me. Um, Not as easily as, say, like the villain step. Um, (laughs) As I've said, like, more than a billion times on this podcast, I'm dealing with lupus. I have been for over a year. My hair is buzzed because it keeps falling out, and I'd rather just have short hair falling out than long hair falling out. My skin has lesions and scars. And I've spent a lot of time during this pandemic learning to be okay with, like, not looking my best and just embracing having to go to the doctor and, like, show 10 people in a room my face sores. And uh, it was annoying to feel like the book was telling me I was supposed to be pretty and sexy. So how did you deal with these steps Mm -hmm. then? Well, I latched on to the part of step three where Heidi recommends sharing a sob story to elicit sympathy. Oh, yes, yes. I think I know what you're talking (laughs) about. I think I saw it on Instagram recently. Uh And since I had no fucking clue what to do for step four to, like, show my commitment to beauty on the outside, I posted a picture of my sad sick self, and I asked people what they do when they want to look hot and their body disagrees with them. Oh, such a clever workaround, Jolenta. They would definitely approve. Spidey would be all about Mm -hmm. that. Oh, yeah. Cry, cry, cry. Make everyone cry for you. Just do it. Yes. And like, it feels gross, but also like, I got a lot of likes. Famous. (laughs) Famous. But I also just got, I got a lot of good tips. Um, Even tips that agree with Heidi, like wearing good shoes helps. Um, like accessorizing can make you feel better. And like Heidi says, have good shoes and bags. Mm -hmm. Um, but mostly just a bunch of my friends and family and like, like really nice people. I don't know. were very supportive and told me a lot of things about being beautiful no matter what. And I was like, oh, right. Heidi's definition of beauty is like crazy limited and not true. So I don't know. If that's a good lesson to being famous, but I got some likes. And she does want you to carry yourself with confidence. So that that was a confidence boost, right? Very much so. Yeah, it helped me remember, like, people don't expect you to look like Heidi, even though Heidi says they do. (laughs) I don't want to look like Heidi. I'll just say it right now. (laughs) I mean, I am curious about getting veneers, but I don't want Heidi's. (laughs) That's mean. And how did you end your week, Jolenta? 
Oh, so to end my week, I actually jumped ahead to step seven. Ah, uh, yes. Couple power. C-lister plus C-lister equals B-lister. I love that equation. It is some beautiful math that I understand. Yes. Um, I think Einstein actually wrote that formula. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it was originally credited to him, yes. <laughs> um, and for this step, to figure out that Einstein equation, I conferred with Brad. Uh, he's my partner. You know, he's the other half of my my couple. Um, and we ended up doing something together for this step. Take a listen. It also says we should be a power couple, but I feel like we are. If you have to do things to act like you're a power couple. Yeah. Should I put that I'm married to you like in my Twitter bio? Um, yeah, I think about doing that sometimes too. Should we? Sure. All right. Oh my gosh. Jolenta. Mm. You mm-hmm. are cross-promoting through social bios now. I That's know. what famous people do all the time. It's disgusting, but I did it. You and did it. And then I also like felt bad because Brad's like, I've been thinking about it. And like, <laughs> you have to show you're a couple to be a power couple. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so bad at like fucking showing I love him in ways that he likes. So it may be a small move towards distinguishing us as a PC, a power couple. But... <laughs> But if you check both of our Twitter pages, it should still say that we are married to each other in our bios. Uh, Technically, mine says I live with Brad, but I think that gets the message across. (laughs) I think that works. I think it works. Mm -hmm. And with that, I ended my first week, and I very desperately want to hear about your first week living by How to Be Famous by Spidey. I mean... Heidi Montag and Spencer Pratt. Spidey is their couple name. (laughs) Yes. Now, I already told you this. I did not start with step one here. Yeah. You didn't find your way in. I just jumped ahead to step two, play the villain. Mm. Oh, my God. My favorite step. I love it. (laughs) Yes. And I knew going into this that I did not want to stab any friends in the back. Uh, No no surprise there. So instead, I tried to think of other ways to start a feud. And luckily, One dropped right in my lap on day one of Living by This Book. Listen. Honey, look at this. Prince William is taking a firm and angry stand against racism in soccer. Wow, that's amazing. No, it's not amazing. He's taking a stand against soccer on Twitter, but he can't speak out about all the racism that his family did not protect his sister-in-law against, all the racism in the press. I mean, what has he been doing for the last four and a half years with Meghan Markle? Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I'm tweeting something right now. Yes, Kristen, go, go, type, type. She's a heavy typer, and I love it. (laughs) Defend your girl. Defend Meghan Markle. Please call out Prince William. Question, though, did Prince William notice? Yes. See, this is very important because you need the person to notice that you are playing the villain too, right? Right, right. Because they have to like fight back a smidge. Even if it's just a block, you can use that. I've learned. (laughs) Well, I am just going to say I have no doubt that he did. I was the the very first verified user on Twitter to reply to Mm, his tweet. That's noticeable because you get an extra notification, right? Yes. And for every two likes he got on his tweet... I got one. By the end of the first day, I had over 10,000 likes on my tweet. Holy shit. Your Twitter shit destroys my Twitter (laughs) shit. I'm talking a few hundred. You're talking tens of thousands. I am blown away. I am in awe. I love you more than I even thought I could. 
Thank You're you. You're amazing. That's right. I'm feuding with a prince. And my feud was reprinted in L Magazine, Insider, and other outlets. And of course, it gained me a few hundred new Twitter followers. So I think it worked. Wow. Very, very nicely done. Way to come in hot and heavy, playing the villain immediately. Thank what you. did you like? How do you follow that up? What did you do next? <laughs> well, I decided to follow it up with some of the sillier, more superficial stuff, mm. starting with step nine. Oh my gosh. Getting work done is your job. Did you get work done? Did you get plastic surgery? <laughs> I feel like you look. The same, like, I don't see any bandages on this Zoom recording. She looks like beautiful, fresh-faced, as always. If she got work done, it's amazing. Oh, if she I hasn't, thank you. she looks beautiful. So I don't, did you get work done? No, I made an appointment to get work done. I don't know if you remember, Jolenta, but like a year and a half ago, I had these Groupons, and I tried to get my face lasered, and yes. it did not work out, and I ended up like really bruised, and my skin was peeling off like crazy. Oh my gosh, yeah, and you had lotion all the time. Oh, it was terrible looking. Oh, God, it looked, oh, it was terrible. But I decided, because Heidi said, go to a real specialist, I mm-hmm. called up my dermatologist, I made oh. an appointment, next week, I'm getting a proper lasering job for the sunspots on my face, oh my and gosh. we'll see how that goes. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see. Please take some before and after shots to like post on all your social meds as Heidi says you should. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, I'm going to use that as an opportunity to tell my own story and publicize yes, myself. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> please tell me what you did next. I did a combination of step three and step four. Mm, classic. I did that as well. They do go together quite seamlessly. Um, And so that is play the bombshell and pretty on the outside. What did you do? So you may recall, Jolenta, this was really bad weather when we were living by this book. It was brutal. It was slushy. It was icy. So it's not like I could go outside in my short shorts and go jogging with a full face of makeup. You're not like doing yoga in the park. No, none of those things. So instead, I went out and I bought some new accessories because, you know, Heidi likes accessories. Yes. I got some cute new protective face masks that just happened to match my snowsuit, my pink snowsuit. Oh, my gosh. To a tee. And then I strutted my stuff in the streets. That's amazing. Did the paparazzi flock to you? (laughs) Were they like, this is the bitch who's fighting with the prince. Look at her mask and her snowsuit. We love her. (laughs) Oh, God. Sadly, no paparazzi chased me. And so I decided to play my connections. I talked to somebody on the inside, my friend Val, and, you know, just kept my fingers crossed she could help me. Ooh. So here I am. Okay, Val, I hope you don't mind my asking, but I know this is going to be a weird question. You're a member of the press. You have worked for some of the biggest magazines that are out there. And I'm wondering if you happen to know if the paparazzi ever come to Brooklyn, if there's a way for me to be photographed, maybe? They covered the the plant shop around the corner. So <gasps> they're around. Yes! They're around. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so I just got it. The paparazzi are in our own neighborhood. Yes. Oh, yes! They could be, like, lurking in that parked car under that snowbank right now. Oh, my God! I, I'm ready for them. I'm ready for you! <laughs> um, That is incredible. I did not know there were paparazzi in Brooklyn. With that insider info, what did you do? Oh, I did a combo of step seven and step five. Ooh, okay. So couple power and courting the paparazzi. Yes. And let's be real. Dean and I are not C-listers, D-listers, or even E-listers. So I did not have a lot of faith in this whole couple power thing, but 
you know, we did our best. We did what the book said. We fought in public, made up in public, and so on. And we did all of it outside the plant shop that my friend mm-hmm. Val mentioned, hoping the paparazzi would catch us fighting, making up. And he even proposed at one point. Would you do oh my me God. the honor oh my God. of being my wife? Oh my God. Oh my God, yes. Yes, my love. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Okay, so that's a lot of fucking action outside of a known paparazzi spot. Basically, this plant shop is the Kitson of Brooklyn. If you are too young to know what I'm referencing, <laughs> I am sorry. Um, how many people snagged photos of you fighting or getting proposed to or like making out because you're making up? That would be a big fat zero. But Well, that's fucked. No, no, no. It is okay because Jolenta... Guess what happened in week two? What? Oh, you're going to cliffhanger me. I'm just going to say this. The press started pounding down my door, (gasps) and I didn't even have to leave the house to get their attention. I want to know what happened so bad. I kind of hate you right now. Oh, look at me. I'm playing the villain. Look at me. You hate a cliffhanger, and I'm giving you one because I'm a villain. I'm taking a break. We are taking a break. (laughs) Taking a break. But before that, um, have you lived by How to Be Famous? Did it work for you? Uh, Like, has it made you a superstar? Please share your story with us at facebook.com slash groups slash BTB pod. That group is always popping off. Or you can email us at kristenangelenta at gmail.com. Or, Kristen, you tell them about that voicemail. Oh, my gosh. It is so great because you can use your beautiful voice to share your story with us. That is 302-49-BOOKS, 302-492-6657. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. All right, we are back, and Jolenta, everybody, me, the listeners, the world, we're ready to hear 
about your second week of living by how to be famous. How did you start off week two? Okay, I'm going to try to break this down in the least fucking annoying way possible. So basically, Michael Barbaro unblocking me was not the end of this fiasco. He started getting heat for how he covered the work that was retracted that the shady producer made. Um, And he was bullying other journalists via direct message, saying they basically shouldn't cover the story of this project being retracted. Oh, yeah. That was all over the blogosphere of the inside podcasting world. And that's not all. It was also revealed that the senior producer of that failed project is also Michael Barbaro's fiance and runs the entire audio division at the New York Times. So it's very shady that he never disclosed his relationship to his fiance when he was covering this retracted project. I think that's also called conflict of interest. Right, exactly. So this became like kind of a deal and articles started being written about it. And eventually Barbaro issued one of those amazing notes app screen cap apologies saying (laughs) he regrets his conduct on social media, but like some sort of mental gymnastics workaround to why he never disclosed his fiance. I remember that. Yeah. But after all that happened, It gave me a chance to do step five and step six. Oh, those are the steps about making the paparazzi your friends and the one about telling your story. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I did not have the inside scoop and I assumed there were no paparazzi in Brooklyn. I mean, this book is dated. The advice is a little (laughs) dated. There are not as many gossip rags and paps running around as there were in like 2009. You know, there aren't mobs outside of stores clamoring to like get a shot of Nicole Richie and they have to pull down like the metal garage door. (laughs) Like, you know, I digress. But I figured since everyone has a podcast, being a guest on a podcast counts as sort of courting the paparazzi, yes? Yes, it does. I'll count that for sure. Mm -hmm. So I got asked to be on the Canada Land podcast to talk about getting blocked by Michael Barbaro, my experiences in the industry, and uh, I got to share sort of my story and my opinion on this whole fiasco. You want to hear? Of course. I'm going to leave today's show with a thought from Jalenta. You see, she and I are podcasting old-timers, and one thing that became clear in chatting with her is that it feels like a watershed moment in this thing of ours, this nerdy little world of ours that somehow, just yesterday, became an industry. This podcasting thing that could have been anything, but which maybe is turning into the same old thing. Celebrities are being handed the podcasts and the best storytellers, the best producers, and other voices are starting to be pushed out. And I feel like we're sort of at this turning point of of these gates uh, almost closing, and I don't want them to before we get better representation in there at least, or don't let them close and point out that like the amount of money a news show brings in shouldn't justify lack of accountability. Yes, 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 yes. That's me trying to snap again. Did you hear that? I almost did snap. Yeah, that was the best snapping you've ever done, by the way. That's because that's how much I mean it. Wow. 
Congratulations. <laughs> so proud of you. Yes, Jolenta. Do it. Get it. Thank you. It was fun to basically get some attention for just having an opinion and like spraying it on Twitter loud enough um, <laughs> and then getting to sort of tell my own experiences with that as well. Like it was fun. I don't know if it's fame, but it's a step in the right direction. Oh, absolutely. Your name is getting out there to a bigger mm-hmm, and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger audience. In a different country. Yes, yes. And what did you do after that? After that, it was time for some step eight. That is build your brand. Right. So I obviously kept calling out bullshit that I've uh, seen as someone in podcasting who's, you know, been around the block. Um, you know, spilling tea on old coworkers who perpetuate toxic shit. But I wanted to make sure I was still repping the sort of funny friend part of my role and not just the been around the block ready to talk. So on days where I would do a heavy Twitter rant, I also tried to balance it out by putting some good sort of funny vibes into the world, like putting out a picture of my dog right after he took a bath or a Twitter thread about my literal thread collection, like my embroidery threads and pictures of them, like crafting stuff. Oh, that's nice. That's a little bit of beauty in the world along with your villainy. Right. And I know a lot of it's all on Twitter, but I feel like that's where this is all happening right now. It is. It's not 2004 anymore. Mm-mm. Right. It's like we're not in Us Weekly. I wish we were, but like not as many people are buying <laughs> We're not it. in touch. In our hearts, we're in oh, touch. Oh, God, yeah. I miss in touch. <laughs> and how did you end your second week, Jolenta? So I ended my week by discussing step nine with Brad. Yeah. Step nine is getting work done is your job. Let's hear what you two talked about. Question. When all of this is done... And this lupus flare is in remission. Uh, can I get plastic surgery if I need to, like, fix anything? Like, if my ear is, like, all jacked up or, like, mm-hmm. or, like, if I want to get fillers where, like, stuff's gotten, like, indented in from, like, scarring or, like, lasering on scarring or something. And, I mean, my first reaction is like, why would you want that? Like, you're so beautiful and like, this doesn't change how beautiful you are at all. And that's how I feel. But if you feel like this freaking sickness right. jacked a part of me up that I want to look this I just want to like go back to how I, I want to not feel, feel victimized yeah. by this year of my life, then yeah, we, we should do Obviously. whatever makes you feel best. Uh, yeah. Think. Plus, like, I've already had plastic surgery, and you know I'm a big proponent of it. So it's not like I would have let you stop me anyway. I just want to let you know that I think you're I know. beautiful and perfect. I know, and but, like, if my ear's all jacked up and, like, cauliflower-y still. I like, love cauliflower, but I understand. Brad. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you're so annoying. Oh, just accept the love, Jolenta. Accept the I'm love. Sorry. I'm working what... on it in therapy, on the podcast, fucking everywhere. Okay? You can't deal with being famous if you can't deal with the love. You have to accept the love coming at you as a now famous person, Jolenta. You're right. Heidi would agree. Spencer would agree. So you heard it here first. I may slash probably will get some work done after this lupus shit calms down. And I won't be shy about it. And I'm always going to be calling out assholes in the workplace slash probably tweeting pictures of my dog. (laughs) But Kristen, that's it for me. 
And I need to hear how your second week of living by How to Be Famous went. Because you left us with a classic fucking Mindser cliffhanger. You said the press came pounding down your door. What happened? Well, I need to preface this all by saying I have Oprah to thank here. She Mm. dropped a trailer during week two of an exclusive sit-down interview with two very famous people in my wheelhouse known as Meghan and Harry. Here's the trailer. Were you silent or were you silenced? I just want to make it clear to everybody there is no subject that's off-limits. Almost unsurvivable. Sounds like there was a breaking point. My biggest concern was history repeating itself. You've said some pretty shocking things here. Wait, hold hold up, wait a minute. God, that is the most beautiful thing in the world. Were you silent or were you silenced? I love Oprah. Everyone loves Oprah. Always Oprah forever, yes? (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck did this have to do with your week too? How did it affect it? Well, immediately after that trailer dropped, a number of very huge press outlets asked if I would do a version of Step 6 for them. Step 6 is tell your story. Yes. The CBC, the Times of London, loads of others, they reached out to me and said they saw my tweet to Prince William and they wanted to know if I'd like to talk more about racism in the royal family and Meghan and Harry's decision to tell their story to Oprah. In other words... I was defending their right to tell their story, not exactly telling my own, but I do also like to think I was doing step eight during this. I mean, I think that you advocating for Meghan and Harry is part of your story and a big part of you, so I fully consider it telling your story. Uh, Back to step eight. Step eight is building your brand. Yes, you were fully building your brand. Yes, and what better brand to have as a royal watcher than the go-to anti-racist royal watcher, because let's be real, there are not a lot of us. There are very few of us who are considered like uh, go-tos in Mm. the press. Like, who do you go to when you want to talk about royals? It's usually lots of old white people who, frankly, are not thinking about racism, who have Mm -hmm. never had to cover racism in the past because they were able to ignore it. We can't ignore it anymore. And so I will proudly be amongst the few, the proud, the capable, anti-racist royal watchers out there. That is my yes. brand. Yes, you get it, Kristen. KristenMinzer.com, your go-to for anti-racist royal coverage. <laughs> what did you do after that, Kristen? I stumbled into step one. Your point of entry. Finally, you've entered. Yes, yes. I've been waiting. <laughs> well, the book says in this step that you might want to consider being a sidekick and ideally not the yes man sidekick, but oh. the sidekick who fights back. And wouldn't you know, a very big TV show asked if I'd <gasps> be on to be a sidekick and, you know, give me the chance to do exactly that. What? Oh, I'm speechless. Who were you playing sidekick to? What happened? The one, the only, Piers Morgan on his show Good Morning Britain. (laughs) And it went exactly as you think it might. He tore Meghan and Harry apart for their upcoming Oprah interview, which, by the way, no one in the world, including him, had even seen at this point. All we'd seen is a 20-second trailer. That is all that was in the world, and he could not let it go. And when he asked me to give him explicit examples of racist headlines 
in the UK press about the Sussexes because he just hates them so much and he hates that they're doing this interview. I tried to give him examples, and this is what happened. Yes, uh, calling uh, Meghan Markle straight out of Compton, which is clearly trying to make an allusion to her being a a gangster and very specifically no, a wasn't. black no, gangster. No, it wasn't. It wasn't actually. I, yes, I read. The, it I read. Was. Did you read? Did you read? Absolutely was. Did you read the? Also, did you read the whole article? Comparing her to a jihadist. Why would she be a jihadist? Because she was working on a charitable cookbook. That is racist. Yeah, but you see, this is the this is the narrative. And who would not want to escape that abuse, Pierce? Well, I'm sure we're going to. I'm sure we're going to hear all this uh, when we see the Oprah Winfrey. It'll all be skewed as toxic British press. Wow! Wow! What a blowhard. Um, He did not shut you up, though, and you kept going, even though he refused to listen. It's almost like you were sort of a relentless sidekick. Yes. And I love it. I'm so proud of you. This is on Twitter. You have to find it. It is amazing. It was passed around a lot. Yes, and it was passed around so much that I gained a thousand more followers on social. Fuck you. I'm like, I gained a thousand followers because my my mom liked me. And you're like, I'm blowing up the world. (laughs) Bye-bye. I'm so impressed. Not fuck you like bad. Fuck you like I am obsessed with you. You're amazing. Oh, my gosh. I was just doing it the way uh, Spidey would. That's all I was doing. I know. I know. I'm not going to play nice and roll over and play the nice sidekick. I'm going to be the loud, bossy, relentless sidekick. And it got me where I needed to be to the place of fame, to the place of power. I'm there mm-hmm. now. Kristen, that sounds like an amazing way to end your second week. I'm I'm dying. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I like to think that Spencer and Heidi would approve as well. Mm-hmm. I think they would. But also the question remains, do we approve of them? Do we approve of their methodology? You'll have to stick around for the verdict to hear that. But first, a reminder, we love it when you rate and review us. It makes us more famous. So go ahead, give us five stars, tell your famous friends about us while you're at it, and do all you can to be famous yourself because that's all that matters. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. All righty, Jolenta. It is time to get down to business. It's business time. (gasps) Did How to Be Famous by Heidi Montague and Spencer Pratt actually work? Would we recommend it? Mm. Okay. Let me start by saying this book was funny and easy to read. It's kind of like a pamphlet with lots of pictures. It's supposed to look sort of like a tabloid magazine. Um, There are so many pictures, which which we don't usually get in a self-help book. Pictures on the beach. Pictures of them putting on lotion. 
Pictures of them fighting in public, pictures of them making out in public, all of it. Pictures of them getting engaged, getting married, (laughs) like doing like fake press conferences. Like it's incredible. (laughs) Um, And it was really, it's really dated in a fun way for anyone who wants to know what it's like to speak in only early 2000s references. Like it's fun. Um, And even though they read as wild, a lot of the steps worked. Uh, following them led to more followers on Twitter. Um, an interview about a spat I was having with someone who was very influential. And, you know, you can now tell who I am married to if you look me up on Twitter as well. Like, this worked. But also, it's crazy. You know, I kind of recommend it, even though it gives, you know, a detailed guide for how to give someone a look that says, I hate you. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. The beauty steps stressed me out. Um, but once I sort of widened the definition of beauty, I made it work. And look, I don't think this book helps with much self-awareness, but it definitely helped me make like a bigger imprint on the world while I live by it. So fuck it, it worked. And I guess I recommend it because it's fucking hilarious, even though it's like a horrible, sexist, like body shamey, weird book. But it's also fucking incredibly entertaining. That sounds like a positive verdict, Jolanta. You can just mm-hmm. say it. You're endorsing I, this book. I like it, but I'm embarrassed. How's that? <laughs> I'm embarrassed because I like it and I think it kind of worked. And I know there are lots of problems with it. Oh, good. You're crying. Crying. Use it to your advantage. <laughs> Cry for your Please advantage, Jolanta. Pity me for liking this problematic thing. <laughs> How about you? Do you have a more concise verdict than I? <laughs> well, I'm just going to agree with you. This book was so fun to read. I so enjoyed their voice. Like, their voice comes through on every page. Mm. I Whoever loved- their ghostwriter was. I- Mwah, yes. Kiss. Hats off. I loved their shameless commitment to fame. I loved their sense of humor. I laughed out loud reading this book. Were all the steps useful? Not exactly. You know, as you already mentioned, Jolenta, this book is from the Us Weekly In Touch era. Right now, we live more in an influencer era where people Mm -hmm. are posting their own content. It's all about Twitter. It's all about Instagram. It's all about people shaping their own image rather than being followed by the paparazzi like we used to, right? Right, right. And, you know, I got to say, if you're not already slightly famous – I don't know if this would actually work for you. I mean, you and I joked at the beginning of this episode, Jolenta, that we're not famous, Mm -hmm. but we are ever so slightly famous already. So we already had a slight base to work with. We had a certain number of people who already knew where we were. I don't know how well this book would work if you didn't already have, you know, the followers that you and I have. I I have a feeling you could do all the steps in this book and it would change nothing in your life if you didn't already have some followers. Um, That being said, did it work for me? Did I get more famous while living by this book? Yes, I absolutely did. And Big I had time. a great time doing it. I loved playing the villain to Prince William. I loved sparring with Piers mm. Morgan. I loved defending Meghan and Harry and their right to tell their own story and their right to escape a racist press. And I liked being called on to build my brand as an anti-racist royal watcher. Uh, right, as I right. already said, there aren't a lot of us. We need more of us in the world. And, um, you know, if you're listening and you are a royal watcher and a person of color, get your foot in that door and uh, get in there and get loud. Do what you can. Mm. 
And I'm not saying following Spencer and Heidi's advice is necessarily the best way to do it, but maybe it is. I think also there's something to be said in, quote unquote, playing the villain for something that like you you truly love and are passionate about. Like it is fun to make waves when you feel like you're on the right side of history, as pompous as that might sound, but um, and not necessarily in order to gain notoriety, but like it's it's fun to channel your energy that way. Yeah, if I can be a member of the press who actually is speaking out against racism directly to Prince William, why not? Of course I'm going to do it because the royal reporters for the Daily Mirror and the Daily Express sure as hell aren't going to do it. So I'll do it from over here. So long story short, at the end of the day, even though this book is outdated and ridiculous, I'm still going to give it a verdict of read it because it worked for me and it made me laugh out loud. It's funny. And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Huge thanks to our fabulous production team at Stitcher. They're always famous in our eyes. Brandon Nix, Corinne Wallace, and Daisy Rosario. And of course, our engineer, Andy Christens. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos for performing it. Don't forget to stay in touch. Please write to us. Tell us about your feuds with celebrities. Have you been able to stir shit up when you don't already have a blue check mark on Twitter? I need to hear about it. Also, if you're Spencer or Heidi, hit us up. If you're LC or anyone else, hit us up. I don't even know what you were just talking about, but I will say our email address is kristinandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at G at kristinmeinzer, or at bythebookpod. And if you want to see Jolenta's beautiful Instagram post, Jolenta, where can they go? Uh, they can go to at Jolenta underscore G. And you can see mine at K10Meinzer. That's K10Meinzer. Until next time, I'm Jolanta Greenberg. And I am the very famous Kristen Meinzer. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Were you silent or were you silenced? Silenced. <laughs> boom, boom. Stitcher. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.